Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Hope you all are having a wonderful Wednesday afternoon. It is getting chilly here um, in Northern Virginia. It's starting to feel finally like fall weather. You know, I'm, I'm going to have this hot take here. I don't really care for fall weather. Uh, I am a big summer person. I like the heat. Um, I like when it's the perfect temperature is around 80 to 85 degrees. Sign me up for that all day. I do not like this 60 to 65 degree nonsense. So yeah, there's my first hot take of the day. Yeah, fall weather just flat out sucks. But um, anyway, so today's episode, guys, we're going to be talking about an article that came out from Matt Bensel on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He basically just talked about some third line center options internally and externally if the Penguins decide to go a different route from Jared McCann. There are some interesting free agents on that list we're going to talk about it and break some of those names down. I just got to get to the article itself. And of course, right as I do that, my dog comes into my room and just starts laying on my bed. So if he makes any noise during this, I absolutely apologize. So let's just get right on to the list. Um, after this segment, we will be talking about the conference finals. We'll talk about how the Dallas Stars are going to their first Stanley Cup final since 2000. We'll also talk about how in the hell the New York Islanders won that game last night against the Tampa Bay Lightning because I still have absolutely no clue how they went. And then also we'll make fun of the Washington Capitals and why they, for some reason, they tried to decide to hire Peter Laviolette. So with without further ado, let's get on to it here. Some of the internal options are very, very um, obvious. Teddy Bluger, we all know Jared McCann. Um, if you guys have not listened, if some of you guys have not listened to me blabber about the third line center going into next season, um, I still think it should be Jared McCann's job. He just needs to get over how badly he played down the stretch and in the playoffs, and I think he will be just fine going into the season. But there's another option uh, internally. Sam Lafferty, I mean, that, that, that's a hard pass. I, I know Sam Lafferty has made some strides into growing as an NHL player, but he's not the third line center. He's just, I, don't, I wouldn't even have him center the fourth line. I don't know why Sam Lafferty was mentioned in here. He's just, he's good if he's your 13th four. I don't want him playing every night. I would take a lot of players, I think, over someone like Lafferty. Um, Philip Deneau, that's a really, really good option. I know the Canadians are reportedly open to dealing him, but... I mean, guys, I really don't think the Penguins have the package that Montreal would ask for in return of Philip Deneau. I mean, if I had to guess, probably you're looking at a first for him, a, a prospect, maybe a roster player. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like a three-part package, but maybe a first and a prospect. I mean, it would have to be probably next year's first-round pick, of course, because the Penguins don't have one um, right now since they decided to trade it for the Kasperi Kapanen. But... It would just be, it, they would have to give up a bunch to get a player of Deneau's caliber. I really, really liked how he played against the Penguins in that series. You guys remember he had some little bit of harsh comments for the Canadians coaching staff and management after the season. He just was not happy. In 71 games played this season, 13 goals, 47 points the season before that. He had 53, 12 of those were goals, had 41 assists. So, I mean, I mean, you could honestly plug him in to be the third line center. I know he's... You know, he's listed as a left wing, but, you know, he's a left-hand shot. He finished seventh in the Selkie voting in 2018-19. He's been relatively healthy throughout his tenure. I mean, he drives possession at a very strong rate this past season, guys. 59% was his Corsi Fanwick percentage. Last season was 56%, but still, career high this season at 59%. That's just, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's just absolutely insane. Um, he would make the Penguins an even better team. He was He's a player that I would be fine with upgrading over Jared McCann. There's not many players I would be fine with that are on the market right now, free agency, trade market, whatever, but he is one of them. He's He is the real deal. He's a Selkie Trophy candidate, really good responsibly in his defensive zone, can put up offensive numbers as well. He would be someone that I would love for the Penguins to go after, but 
I mean, it's just probably not going to happen. Um, also, Max Domi is listed in here. I mean, look, you know, that's just a hard pass for me. I know he's not that bad of a player, but I feel like Jim Rutherford really overpaid to get him. And he just, he would not be worth what Jim Rutherford would give up to get him. It's just, I know the family history is there with Ty Domi and Mary Lemieux being best friends. But, you know, just, I would pass on Max Domi. Um, Carl Soderberg, again, he's 35 next month. I mean, I know he's a two-way player, had 35 points this past season, but he's 35. I mean, he's going to be 35. Like, just, just pass on that. That's just a hard pass. Brad Richardson, honestly, guys, I really did not know that much about Brad Richardson. I had probably heard his name only two or three times as an NHL player. That just goes to show how much attention they pay to the Arizona Coyotes. But like Soderbergh, guys, he's in his mid-30s. In 59 games played this season, he had six goals and 11 points. I mean, I know the season before that he had 19 goals and 27 points, but the guy's 35. I mean, if Jim Rutherford is trying to get younger, and by all indications are with his comments to the media and everything, he wants to, this would just make no sense to go after Brad Richardson. So I really wouldn't want to do that. Thomas Nosek, he's 28 years old. I mean, we all know he's been a bottom six regular with the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, but it, as this article says, guys, his career high for points is 17. I mean, that's just, no. I, I would really, uh, you can do better than Thomas Nosek. Jared McCann would be a much better option. Jason Spezza, 37 years old. We, we, we've already seen Dan Kingers get Pittsburgh Hockey Now. Um, write about it in his article. No thanks. I do not want Jason Spezza as a third or fourth line center for those team. And last but not least, Chris Tierney. So this is an interesting option here. This is the one that I think intrigues me the most outside of Philip Deneau. I mean, the rest of this list is just honestly pure dog shit. But Chris Tierney really, really intrigues me. He's only 26 years old in 71 games played last season. 11 goals, 37 points. I mean, this was with the Ottawa Senators, mind you, who are one of the worst teams in hockey. He's season before that with Ottawa, 9 goals. 48 points. I mean, before that with San Jose, he was putting up 11 goals, 17 goals. Possession-wise, I mean, he's never been over 50%. His best season was 2016-17, 49.4%. But he is good in his defensive zone, and he can put up offense. And he's young enough where it would actually make some sense to go after him. But the kicker is with him, he's not a unrestricted free agent. He is a restricted free agent. He also had a 1.60.5 on 5 points for 60s last season. I know that's like nothing to like scream about or go crazy about, but still like for a bottom six center, I mean, that, that's that's not bad. Um, you could honestly get him for not too many assets, I would think. Maybe like two assets, a prospect and a pick. Or honestly, guys, you may be able to just get him for a draft pick, like a third-round pick or something like that, or you give up your second-round pick in next year's draft. Though I really don't think Chris Tierney would go for a second-round pick. I was just spitballing out there. But like I said, a pick, maybe a pick and a prospect. He's 26 years old. You can sign him to maybe like a three-year contract. You don't have to give him a bunch of money and a bunch of term, but he could fill out in your third-line center pretty nicely. Again, guys, I still would prefer Jared McCann there, but you know if they do decide to move on from him, I think someone like Chris Tierney could come in here and – um, honestly be fine in a third line center role here for the Penguins so I think that basically does it for this article of third line center options I mean we, Teddy Blue is going to be the fourth line center I mean but just like the rest of the options on the year besides Philip Deneau and Chris Tierney are just like they're just not good options and of course Jared McCann but he had to, he put Jared McCann on there just because he's on the team so yeah besides McCann is already on the team the two guys that are not on the team that would be fine coming in are Chris Tierney and Philip Deneau the rest of these players are just they don't make a lot of sense. And to be quite frankly with you guys, they're just not good at all either. But that'll basically wrap up this segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast for today's episode. Um, before we get to the next segment, though, guys, 
it's time to talk about Roman. We all know talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is very simple. You can go to GetRoman.com slash XXX and complete an online visit. You can go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. One more time, GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. But also, guys, we cannot forget about DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. The deliveries are kind of contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, guys, you guys can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, guys, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. So let's just get into the Western Conference Final and the Eastern Conference Finals matchup. Um, I still, you know, two days later, I still cannot believe that Dallas took out Vegas in five games. I did not see that coming. I picked Vegas in seven games. I thought that was a lock. Um, Seeing Dallas win that series in five games just has me stunned a lot. But you know what? When you get 950 goaltending, it's hard to lose. I've been seeing takes on Twitter Oh yeah, Anton Hudobin didn't really have to do a lot. He made the saves he was supposed to make. And it's like, do people just see what they want to see in games? Or do they just like not watch the games or something like that? Because Anton Hudobin, I'm pretty sure, stole one or two of those games because Vegas was out shooting them and out chancing them every single night. And you couple Anton Hudobin going 950 with Vegas not being able to finish their chances and just not score, of course. And this is what you get. You get Dallas beating them four games to one. And that's not to take away credit from Dallas. I mean, for God's sakes, they're in the Stanley Cup final now. They just took out two juggernauts and they deserve to be there. But still, I mean, when you get 950 goaltending, it's hard to lose. And, you know, I I kept seeing a a few takes as well. Like, oh yeah, Dallas has the better high-end talent. Like, you know, that's why they're there. And I'm like, I really don't see it like that way either. I mean, Mark Stone is a top 10 player in the league. Max Pacioretty's awesome. Shea Theodore is spectacular. I mean, to say that Dallas's high-end talent is better than Vegas's is just simply not true. But did Dallas's high-end talent outperform Vegas's in that in that seven-game series? They absolutely did. I know Tyler Sagan's been a ghost town, but Jamie Bannon has really turned back the clock these playoffs. He's been really, really good. Miro Haskinen is just turning into a star right before our very eyes. He's going to win plenty of Norris's, I think throughout his career. Alexander Radulov was awesome. You guys remember he had that overtime winner for Dallas during the series. I mean, we could not forget about Joe Pavelski. He looked like a passenger during the season, but now in the playoffs, I mean, he's just scoring it well and being the player that we all saw um, with the San Jose Sharks years prior to this because he's just been on another level these playoffs. And, you know, John Klingberg, he's just been absolutely awesome too. It's it's awesome when you can have two number one defensemen on your team and you can split them on different pairings. You can put Heiskanen on your first pairing and then you can just have John Klingberg on your second pairing. So yeah, it's just, it's crazy how Dallas is able to do that. But yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to watch Dallas in the Stanley Cup final. 
I've said it before, I know they don't play the most exciting brand of hockey. Having a Stars-Islanders final would just be awful. It would set the league back a long time, though I don't really think the Islanders are going to win two more games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But still, it's great that we have a new blood team in the final from the West. I mean, the Stars have not been to the final since 2000. They lost that year to the New Jersey Devils, and then they won in 99 against the Buffalo Sabres. So um, it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them. I'm really, really hoping Tyler Sagan comes alive. Uh, I already said it on this episode. He's just been a ghost uh, this these entire playoffs. I have no idea what's going on with him. And, you know, if Ben Bishop somehow gets healthy, I don't really see how you put him in. Anton Hudobin just went 950 against the Vegas Golden Knights. So, I mean, like, there's no way you're taking out Anton Hudobin at this point. There's just no way. And, oh, yeah, guys, he's going to be making a lot of money after this season. I believe he is a unrestricted free agent, if my memory serves me correct. I can actually double-check this right now. And, yes, he is. Hey, guys, his cap hit... 2.5 million per year for a 1B goaltender. Someone is going to be paying him a lot of cash after this season. I can't wait to see which team just gives him way, 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 way too much money. Um, but yeah, Dallas isn't in the Stanley Cup final. Awesome story. So let's shift our gears now to the Eastern Conference final. Tampa's up three games to two. I mean, it was just watching that game last night. It was just watching paint dry. The Islanders... I cannot watch another game of them. They are just so boring, and you can feel the fever with Barry Trotz hockey, everyone. Having 20 shots through not only three periods, guys, but a whole overtime period. So 20 shots in four periods. I mean, that's just, that's embarrassing. They, they, all they were doing when they would get the puck, just dumping it out, dumping it in the zone. And then when the, when the uh, lightning would come in, they would just skyhook it. And then they, it would just be a rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. And it's just like, oh my God, Tampa, can you guys finally just end this series? But nope, Jordan Everly got the winner last night on a two-on-one. Kevin Shattenkirk uh, looked pretty bad on that play. He looked like how he did when he was defending Matt Cullen in the 2017 Stanley Cup playoffs with the Washington Capitals. I will never get tired of watching that goal because Matt Cullen just turned Kevin Shattenkirk into a complete corpse there. I mean, he, he looked like that corpse last night, but... Um, 2-1 final. Tampa is still up three games to two. Game six will be tomorrow night. Islanders will be the designated home team in quotation marks. I'm going to stick with my Tampa Bay in six prediction. I'm hoping I can go at least one and one for the conference finals because um, if Tampa Bay does close this out and I do get to the Stanley Cup final, I'm probably going to take Tampa in seven against the Stars. I, I know betting against Dallas has not been good. I guess, I mean, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me because I bet against them twice now, and then, you know, fool me three times, well, I guess we would just have to see what happens, but yeah, guys, I'm expecting Tampa Bay to go through against the Islanders, I'm just, I, I cannot watch the Islanders play hockey anymore, it is just a total slot fest watching them, and I think overall for the game last night, the game ended in double overtime, they, barely, they don't even think they got to 30 shots, so it's just like, you know, feel the fever, guys, with Barry Trotz hockey, it is just absolutely terrible. But that'll do it for this segment. We'll talk about the conference final matchup. And before we get to the next segment where we can bag on the Washington Capitals a little bit, it is time to talk about Bilt Bar. We have 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors. A couple of them are the carrot cake, lemon, almond, cheesecake, and caramel brownie. The Bilt Bars are healthy. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. One of my favorite flavors is still the coconut almond, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. You guys can also get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, let's dog on the Washington Capitals a little bit. So yesterday they did name Peter LaViolette 
um, their head coach after they fired Tar Reardon, who is, of course, back with the Pittsburgh Penguins as assistant coach. He will be coaching the power play as well as the defensive corps. But according to Pierre Lebrun this morning, they apparently the Capitals only interviewed Gerard Gallant, Mike Babcock, and Peter Laviolette. I wanted the Capitals to hire Mike Babcock to just, I wanted that injected into my veins. It would have just been hilarious. You would have seen Capitals fans just basically abandoning ship, going to root for other teams. I would have just loved it. It would, I think the whole hockey world, honestly, would have loved it outside of Capitals fans, but they did not. They went out and hired Peter Laviolette, and I know a lot of Capitals fans are pretty happy with that hire. I mean, of course, he has a lot of experience. He's gone to the Stanley Cup final three times in his career. He's won the Stanley Cup. It was with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, but you know, he's just he's not that good of a coach. And I'm all for him making the Capitals' offense just that much worse. And yesterday, it was actually posted by uh, Brian Baston, who does um, covers the Predators for a few websites. Basically looked at isolated 5-on-5 five five impact, Peter Laviolette. I think this comes from um, Micah, who does, does all these amazing charts for looking at underlying numbers in the analytics. So basically, so for offense, you want to be in the positive, not the negative. And he's been positive. Um, look, I'm looking at this right now. In only one of his seasons as NHL head coach. The last few seasons with the Nashville Predators, so at isolated 5v5 impact for the offense, minus 13.4. So I retweeted it yesterday, but basically to explain it, it's the isolated impact on offense and then it's isolated impact on defense. It's just, he's just been in the negative on offense, like I said, his entire tenure. In 2016-17, when the Predators actually went into the Stanley Cup final, he was minus 14.3%. The next year, minus 12 uh, 2018-19, minus 13.4%, and then this last year, minus 13.4%. And then for defense, you do want to be negative, but you know it's 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 getting closer to positive. I mean, it's might have been minus 2.8, minus 2.9 in the last couple of seasons, but you know, you want to be um as far negative as you can for defense. So yeah, I mean he just everywhere he goes, the, the team's offense just really, really struggles. The underlying numbers just for his teams just flat out stink. But, you know, I see why the Capitals decided to do this. You know, they have two to three years to the left of a contention, just like the Pittsburgh Penguins. The, the good thing about Laviolette has been where everywhere he's gone, he's won his first couple of years. For whatever reason, even though his isolated impacts on offense at 5v5 have been really, really bad, he's just, he's still won. You know, he took the Flyers to the Stanley Cup Final one of the first years he was there. He took the National Predators to the Stanley Cup Final one of the first years he was there. But it's just, it's after that First season or two, it just goes downhill really, really fast. And they only gave him a three-year deal. It makes sense. I mean, Ovechkin's going to be, what, 35, 36 by the time that uh, deal is up. He's going to be starting to decline. I mean, I don't, maybe he'll be still putting up 50-goal seasons. Who knows? The guy's just an absolute tank. But, I mean, the Capitals' window will be mostly shut, I think, by the time that contract is up. And Ted, Ted Leone's this guy's finally paid up for coach. Apparently, uh, Laviolette's going to be making over $4 million per season. I think he's going to be one of the five highest-paid coaches in the league. So, yeah, congratulations to Ted Leone's as he finally stops being cheap and decides to pay a coach for a change. But, you know, I am glad they did not get Gerard Gallant. I would not have wanted to face Gerard Gallant for, you know, four to five games every season for the next three years and potentially more in the playoffs, you know, if they go seven-game series in the second round or whatever. But yeah, Penguins fans should be happy about that. Laviolette's probably going to kill the Capitals' offense, and you know, just they have a lot of decisions to make on that team roster-wise as well. But that'll do it, I think, for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm really enjoyed talking some more third line center stuff with you guys, some Western Conference final stuff, and of course, talking on the Washington Capitals anytime we can. So we'll have another episode coming tomorrow, and I hope you all have a great day, and I will talk to you all then.